are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Point nine, Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on your radio. Erev Sukkis Tough Shin Pei Dalad. What an honor and a privilege to be able to share your home, to be able to share your space on an Erev Yant of the beautiful Chag of Sukkis, the Chag of Simcha, the Chag of Joy, the Chag of Happiness <clears throat> is about to be upon us, and we have the opportunity to perhaps learn a little bit of Torah, uh, inspire ourselves, get ourselves ready. For this amazing, amazing day. Says the Torah, But on the 15th day of the seventh month, celebrate Hashem's festival, Shivas Yomim, for a seven day period. The Yantav of Sukkot, as in fact is the case of the other festivals, is complete with deep, deep esoteric meaning, far beyond the grasp of most Jews who observe it simply because Hashem has given it to us as a mitzvah. And that's fine. It's fine to do it simply because it's a mitzvah. A mitzvah, regardless of the level with which one observes it and his understanding of its various spiritual factors, has enormous power and incredible Influence, just executing the decree of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, simply because that is the way of a Jew, is powerful. As the following story, related by the Talmud Rebbe, <coughs> illustrates about Shuva, someone who had done Shuva, who had come to the Rebbe for advice <coughs> regarding a specific problem, told the following story. This man's grandfather lived in a small American town, distant from kind of mainstream America, and even more distant from mainstream Yiddishkeit. Nonetheless, he observed one mitzvah religiously, to the point of almost mysterious nefesh, self-sacrifice, and that was the mitzvah of sukkah. He was steadfast in its observance, unswerving in his commitment to the mitzvah, despite the fact that he observed absolutely nothing else. Every year, when sukkahs arrived, he built a sukkah on the uh, courtyard of his house and lived in it 24-7 for seven days. Prior to leaving this world, he wrote a will, bequeathing all of his assets to the one descendant who would observe sukkahs as he did. Build a sukkah and live in it for all seven days and nights. His children and grandchildren were certain that he had lost his mind. Thus, they were unprepared to accept his will. They were not going to dwell in a sukkah for seven days. It was meaningless to them because they were quite distant from Yiddishkeit. They did not even visit the Shul on Yom Kippur as other, at least, pseudo-religious, secular-oriented Jews do. They knew nothing and as a result, kept nothing. Indeed, they were clueless concerning why their father, grandfather, was so committed to this weird practice. Furthermore, to the best of their knowledge, <coughs> their father, grandfather's estate was not even worth, actually, that much. He was not known to have had any money to speak of. One grandson, a sensitive soul, was upset that not a single member of the family was willing to honor the memory of his grandfather. He decided that he would do it. He met with a lawyer who <clears throat> was the executive of the estate, and informed him of his decision. The lawyer was pleased, but he first w- wanted the rest of the family to sign off on the will. 
they all signed that as far as they were concerned, the entire estate could go directly to the grandson who had acquiesced to the grandfather's request. After the grandfather received the will, after the grandson received the will, he discovered a reality to which the lawyer had been privy the entire time, that his grandfather was actually quite wealthy. He had made investments that paid off handsomely, and he owned a number of, of parcels of real estate, which, although when originally purchased, were not worth very much, had increased exponentially in value over the years. Not one to create jealousy and discord in the family, he kept his newly found wealth a secret. He had made a lucrative decision. This is 11.9 High FM. The program is Souls for Soul. We'll be back in a moment with so much more on this Arab circus. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. This is Soul to Soul on your radio. Erev Sukkot Tov Shin Pei Dalil. What an honor and a privilege to be in your home on Erev Sukkot as we begin this amazing, amazing Yom Tov. Let's talk about some of the issues of, of Sukkot. The Torah says, and we're going to lane it in the lane in Be'ez Hashem tomorrow. Basukos teishvu shivas yomim. In Sukkos you shall dwell for seven days. Kola ezrach b'yisrael yeshu b'sukkos. Every single member of the Jewish nation should sit in Sukkos. Right? And, and straight away after that, the Torah carries on and reveals to us the reason why for what reason will we command it on this mitzvah? That all your generations will know. That I sat the entire Jewish nation in Sukkot. When I took them out of the land of Mitzrayim, I am Hashem your God. The Gemara in Sukkot brings an argument in this whole topic. And that is the Tanya. We learned in a Brisa. What does it mean? I sat, I settled the Jewish nation in Sukkot. So the first opinion is, These were not really physical structures. These were clouds of glory that surrounded the Jewish nation while they dwelt in the deserts. That's the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Akiva Sukkot Mamish Asulem. Hashem actually built them physical structures in which they could live and be protected from the elements in the in the in the desert. Now, actually, the Shulchan Aruch paskins in Simantov Reshke Chafei, like the Sheet of Rabbi Lazar, says there in Sukkos you shall live for seven days, because in Sukkos I I made you sit the open Yisrael, and these are the clouds of glory. That's surrounded, right, in order that they should not be affected by heat or sun. End quote. The Mishnabura brings down, quoting the Prima Godim, the Achrayim write, he says, that a person should actually have kavana, should focus and concentrate when he sits in the sukkah, that Hashem commanded us to sit in a sukkah as a commemoration of our exodus from Egypt, and also as the commemoration of the clouds of glory that surrounded us and protected us from the heat and the sun. And this is necessary to fulfill the mitzvah properly. Right? And that, But uh, if you don't have that intention, you fulfill the mitzvah, albeit only dievet, only sort of as a second prize. First prize is that when we fulfill this mitzvah, to actually have this thought in mind, that Hashem surrounded us with the clouds of glory when we left Egypt. Comes out, therefore, that if a person did not really have this proper focus, this proper concentration, which is brought in the Torah, when he comes into the sukkah each time, he fulfills the obligation of mitzvah, 
but only on a, on a sort of second prize level. And therefore, Chazal gave us certain advice that you should actually have a sign, like a post of decoration, as he enters the sukkah, and on that it should be said, Zecher Lananya Kovet, that these clouds are commemoration for the clouds are glory. Or, Zecher Litzias to commemorate the Exodus of Mitzrayim, that he should remember, every time that he comes into the sukkah, this kavana, and, and actually think about it. And that's an order that he should be able to fulfill the mitzvah as a first prize. Right? That's what we want. We want to do the mitzvah as is, as is properly. Right? Today, it's easy. You can buy a ready-made sign that already says that. Now, the question, of course, then is asked. That why is this miracle of the Ananya covered of the clouds of glory uh, that you know, that surrounded them in in the desert so much more from the other Nisan. You know, it's, we had miraculous food, right? We had the man forty years most miraculous food you ever imagine in your life. We had a well of water that traveled with the Jews wherever they they went, right? As in fact, the, the Gemara says in Tainus. There were three great leaders that uh, stood for the Jewish nation, right? And they were Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. And three tremendous gifts were given because of them, right? And the right, the the bear, the well, the clouds of glory, and the man. The bear, the well came in the merit of Miriam. The clouds of glory came in the merit of Aaron, and the man came in the merit of, of Moshe. So the Chida, in his Sefer, Rosh David, on, on Pasha's Amar, brings various incredible answers, right? Why, why it's what's so special about the mitzvah of the Ananiya Kovit, and, and the, uh, and the Bnei Sochar, in his Mamori Atishrei, Copies bring some of the things in the name of, of the Chida, and he actually sort of broadens the subject and, and kind of expounds on them as, as is his, is his want. And let's, let's talk about perhaps his first, his first answer. He says as follows. He says, I heard once, and they told me, and they brought in the name of the great uh, uh, Gabra Rabba, the great person, Harava Chosel Moreno Harav, Rav Chaim Kisufi. He says that on some level, the man, which was food, the bear, which was drink, on some level, were actually necessary that Akadosh Prochor had to give that to the Jewish nation <coughs> so it could exist. You don't have food. You don't have a liquid to, to drink. We, we can't, we can't exist. We need bread and water. Right? You can't live without it. And therefore, we don't have such a, uh, any, any miraculous holiday, anything like that, to actually commemorate those. However, the Ananya covered these clouds of glory that were incredible level of, of protection, that they couldn't be affected at all by the elements, that was something that was not necessary. People travel, and they do have to be subjected to the different elements. And and, and therefore, is a, a, just a demonstration of the great need of, of goodness, of kindness, that HaKadosh Baruch had. Right? And, and therefore... <clears throat> Hashem commanded us to make these sukkahs, that we should remember and recount the concept of the Anani HaKavot, something that, that teaches us that, that we have to recount all those things, all the great kindnesses that Hashem, that Hashem does, does to us. He says that's the, the words of, of the Makor, of the Makor Chaim. A second answer that the Chidah brings in the name of Rav Yehuda uh, Habilav, and that's based on what it says 
in the Zayar, Zayar Kharish, Pasha's Kislisa, that this Anan surrounded not only around the Bnei Israel, right, which is not the case, unfortunately, for the, what was called the Erev Rav, the masses of mixed people that joined the Jews when they left Mitzrayim, they were excluded from the cloud of glory, and they had no way of being able to, uh, to enter it at all. And, and, and this was such an unbelievable, a miracle so different than any of the other miracles of the man or, or the bear, because the, the water, the, the water, the access to water and to food was also given to this motley group of people, right? And therefore, we don't make a tremendous simcha, tremendous uh, uh, joyous day, or any commemoration, only to the nace of, of the clouds. Because that was something that only the Jewish nation were able to, to enjoy and get, and get pleasure from them, right, without any, any sort of involvement of, of anybody, anybody else. I want perhaps to, to broaden and extend the words of the Chida a little bit, but before that, we're going to take a short break and come straight back. This is 101.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul. It's out of circus. Please stay with us. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul on your radio, Erev Sukkot, Taf, Shin, Pei, Dalet, as we prepare for the Yayim HaKodesh Hazet, Shabbos and Yom Tov together, and the Chag of Sukkot, what could be better? We're talking about the Chidah's approaches as to why it is that we have a special Yom Tov, to celebrate the fact that Hashem surrounded us with clouds of miraculous, clouds of glory, while in fact there were other miracles. We also had the uh, traveling well, we had the food, we had man. Why do we we give special significance to the miracle of the, of of the, uh, of Ananya covered? So he says, the last answer he brought was that the, the uh, clouds of glory were once specifically afforded to the Jewish nation. Anyone who was not a member of the Jewish nation, and there were lots of sort of hang up, hang, strap hangers who sort of came along to try to jump on the bandwagon, they did not have access to the clouds, the clouds of glory. And in order to sort of uh, 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 get into this a little bit, there's a Tresefta in, in Mesechus Saita, in the fourth parak, that explains to us what was, in fact, the purpose of the Ananiya covets? It says, by Avram, it says, uh, when, the, when the so-called Arabs <coughs> visited Avram Avinu, the angels, he told them to, to uh, recline and sit down under the tree. It says, uh, and, and, uh, in, 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 uh, because of that, Says it was given to his children the seven clouds of glory in the in the desert, one to their right, one to the left, one in front, <coughs> one behind, one above above the heads, one uh, uh, a, the shechina amongst them, and one under their under their feet, right? And the the pillar of clouds that went in front of them killed. <clears throat> and he snakes on the on the on on the road, and it got rid of all the thorns and 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 thistles. It uh, took the big hills and made them into straight rows, made uh, valleys, uh, raised them up to be sort of just plain plain sailing, and made the whole roads straight and even, I like one. Continuous sort of ribbon of roads. As it says, The Aaron of Hashem traveled in front of them. And uh, with it, they used all 40 years in the, in the, in the desert. They had this <coughs> The cloud of Hashem was on top of them day, every day. 
Why do you have to say that? Because it never ever left them. It teaches us that every single day they had and during the day they had a cloud they had this cloud leading them, and at night they had a fire, and the one did not leave until the other had arrived for the entire forty years. Now, if that's so, perhaps you could ask on the first answer we brought of, of the Yechida, which you quoted in the name of Chaim uh, Akafusi, and we, we explained that, no, the, uh, the, this, what's special about the Ananya Kovat was that they weren't as necessary as the food and the, uh, and, and the drink, but if we see that there was such protection from the heat, from, from the sun, which of course... Uh, uh, you know, there are other ways of solving that problem in order to be safe from them, even without these clouds. Therefore, he arrived at the, at the conclusion that these Ananya covered were non-essential. But, and, and, and in fact, they show us the great kindness, that's what we said, the great kindness of our Kurdish book with the Jewish nation, that nevertheless, he gave them the Ananya covered. However, the Nyanya covered, there was definitely a, a necessity, as we just mentioned in, in the words of the Sefta, that it saved the Jewish nation from dangerous snakes and, 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 and serpents who are found in the desert. And in fact, the Novi Yimya uh, tells us about Amishol, that they went out of Mitzrayim into the desert, to a desolate desert, by Eretz, it's a land that Mamashit is a death trap. No one ever passed there, no one ever went there. It's dangerous to go through the desert. And the Ananiya covered allowed us to exist. So, yes, we, we can't say that the Ananiya cover were not necessary. They, they seem to have been very, very necessary. And the Medrash, the Medrash Tanakhuma, Explains what is psalm? What is psalmovis? It says tsel v'imaymovis. It's a shadow, and with it, in, with, with it is death, which is the these the, the snakes and these uh, and these scorpions that they're mamish. You're you're in, you're in danger of your life when you're there to go there, and and the medrash adds says Rav Acha. And he said, I was once told by Rabbein HaGadol that one person that wasn't there to show, and they called him, his name was Meruta. One time he went on a mountain to gather some wood, and he saw the snake was sleeping, and the, sun, and the, the snake didn't see him, but he somehow sensed him, and this man became so scared that all the hair of his head fell out, and he never had any more hair till the day he died, and that's why he was called Maruta, Baldy. Comes out that boy, did we need these Ananiya covers as as to protect us and to save us from mamish uh, uh, life causing things from these snakes, and therefore the question comes back. So then it comes out that the Ananiya covered were as necessary as the food. And the, and the, the well. So then why the special significance given to the sukkah more than the man and the bear? So we have to then therefore say, it says by, by Yosef, when Yosef was taken by his brothers, so it says by they took him by they threw him into the pit, right? But, Baborik, Embomayim. The, the, the bowl was empty, there was no water in it. And the Mora says in Shabbos, says Amnachman Yumi, in the name of Rav Tanchum. What does it mean, the bowl was empty, there's no water? Obviously. Uh, the the bowl is empty, means there was no water. So the Mora says, yeah, there was no water. But snakes and scorpions were in that pit. And Rashi brings it. And the Rabbi Yomaz Rachi asked a question. But previously in, in Pasuk Chabez it said, Ruven said to him, 
Al Tishbuchudam, please. Don't be guilty of the murder of Yosef. Throw him into this pit and let's not touch him. And, and the Torah adds, Ruben's intention was to save Yosef from the hands, to bring him back to his father. And Rashi explains that this was the, the Ruach HaKodesh. This was the divine spirit that testified on Ruvain that he only said this because he really, really intended to come back, pull Yosef out of that pit and save him. But if in fact there were the dangerous and poisonous snakes and scorpions in that pit, so if so, what great salvation is this? Uh, the Gemara Yuvomus says that if you fall into a deep a pit full of snakes and, and scorpions, you're allowed to testify about that person that they are, uh, that they're no longer alive. So what was the great, uh, intention of Ruvay? So says Rav Tanakhum, Rav Tanakhum is the same person who explains that Yes, there were snakes and scorpions in the pit, but nevertheless, that still would have been a salvation for Yosef. Why? Because the Gemara in Sanhedrin on Daflamites brings that one time the Caesar turned to Nachman, and the Caesar said to Nachman, says, come, <coughs> Uh, let's, let's become like one nation. Let's, let's join together. Let's join forces. So the Rav said to him, no, we are Jews. <coughs> we can't be sort of like you because we are, we have a brismila. And, uh, you know, if you want, you could also join the bris of Avnovinu and, and, uh, and have, and have a, a mila just like us. So said the Caesar, uh, you give an excellent, excellent answer. But the problem is, anyone <coughs> who contradicts the words of the Caesar and and kind of uh, 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 upslugs and kind of uh, proves the Caesar wrong, so straight away such a person has to be thrown into a pit of of uh, of wild of wild animals, and so to speak, become their their lunch. So they took him to this pit and they threw him in with these wild animals. But they didn't touch him at all. So this uh, Tzaduki, uh, one of our Jewish enemies, said to the Caesar, you know why the animals didn't eat him? Is <coughs> because they weren't hungry. I said, oh. So they threw the Tzaduki in and they, they ate him. So it comes out that Rav Tanchum saw himself, that these wild animals have no dominion, no control over a person who's exotic. And therefore, he is the same Rav Tanchem, who rightly then expounded that although the pit was empty and there's no water, but there were snakes in it, and don't ask, therefore, how could it be that Ruvain intended to save him <coughs> by throwing him into such a pit? Because Ruvain also understood that Yosef was a tzaddik, and even if they would throw him into a pit of Nechoshim and Akrobim of snakes and scorpions, nothing was going to happen to, to that tzaddik. And, and that's what Ruch HaKadosh is, is, is testifying, that Ruvain actually intended to save Yosef. Because this knowledge and this strong emunah in, in the fact that Yosef was a tzaddik, was something that was only HaKadosh Baruch Hu could actually know about, and therefore he could testify about the, <coughs> the genuinity of, of Ruben's intention. Therefore, we understand that wild animals have no right to touch tzaddikim. So too, Am Yisrael, when they were in the desert, a place that's full of snakes and scorpions, right? They didn't really need the, the, uh, the, uh, convenience of the Ananiya covered. 
right? Because inside they're not covered, they were only tzaddikim. Someone who wasn't a tzaddik, so we just said that the anonym threw them, threw them out. Therefore, the tzaddik doesn't need the protection and the shmirah of, of, of the anonym. And therefore, the anonym were a luxury. They were just covered, right? Like the, uh, like the, uh, uh, like a, some kind of uh, uh, honor guard. And therefore, that we have to celebrate. So, based on what we were saying, that the mitzvah of sukkah relates only to tzaddikim. Because it is a, a, a zecher, it's a commemoration of the Ananiya covets in which there were only tzaddikim. And therefore, the mitzvah of sukkah is only <coughs> commanded us after Yom Kippur, where all of us merited forgiveness of all our averis, and therefore we're all on the level of, of tzaddikim. And that perhaps explains to us the argument of Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Lazar. Is the sukkah a commemoration to the Ananiya covered, to the clouds of glory, or would they sit in actual sukkahs? Because the truth is, why do they need to build a sukkah in, 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 in the desert where they had the Ananiya covered, which saved them anyway from the heat and the sun? Who would have needed physical structures? But we have to say that the sukkahs were built by those people who were not afforded the protection of the Anani, Ananya covets. Right? They still needed some kind of physical protection from the snakes and from the scorpions. Therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave these people actual sukkahs. In, right? And these were physical, these were physical structures. Right? And, 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 and Hashem gave them the same sort of properties of protection as the Ananiya covered, uh, itself. Right? And the, 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 uh, the, and, and they afforded the, the, uh, the protection to even, to even these, uh, these other people who were not worthy of entrance into the actual Ananiya covered. Therefore, it comes out that according to Rabbi Akiva, the mitzvah of sukkah corresponds to the Rishayim, who were who were expelled by the Ananiya covered and had to build physical sukkahs. And Rabbi Lezis holds that the main mitzvah of sukkah is connected the Ananiya covered themselves, where all the tzaddikim lived. Right, and and in fact. This is actually consistent with the same, with a similar argument between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Akiva in Mesechas Tainus. Well, the Gemara says that in Daf Beis, it once happened with Rabbi Lezer that he once went to Davin. There was a terrible, uh, a series of farce that were instituted because there was a drought. And he said 24 brachas. And it wasn't answered. Rabbi Akiva went to be the chazan, and he said, "Avinu malkeinu, ain lanu melach elata. Our father, king, we have no other king but you. Avinu malkeinu, and our father, king, leman chorachemalein. For your own sake, have mercy upon us." And the rain came down. So Rabbanon started to uh, sort of uh, began to speak about. Uh, 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 Rabbi Eliezer said, well, maybe, maybe he's not as great as Rabbi Akiva, because his tefillah wasn't accepted, and the tefillah Rabbi Akiva was accepted, came out of Baskal, a heavenly voice, and said, no, it's not because that one is greater than the other, but that Rabbi Akiva is Mavi Amidaisav, Rabbi Akiva is prepared to turn the other cheek, so to speak, and forego any kind of uh, umbrage, the Zen Abelazer He doesn't necessarily have this attribute. And then the obvious question is, well, <laughs> okay, after the Baskal that says this one has this special attribute of Mavi Amidosa and this one doesn't, 
So again, it comes out that Rabbi Akiva is greater than Rabbi Lezer because he has this attribute and Rabbi Lezer doesn't. So if so, what's, what, what, what was the, the, uh, explanation? No, it's not because one is greater. No, on the contrary. It does seem that even from what the Basco said, that Rabbi Akiva was greater. Says the Mabit in his Sefer Beiselakim, what does it mean? Zem Mavir Amidosov. Right? So Rabbi Akiva was Mavi Amidosov. What, what does that mean? It says that this was a natural state of his personality. And he was even sort of prepared to do a, 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 a kind of the kind of Averis, the kind of sins that the, the, that are quite logical for a person to do. And nevertheless, because he loved HaKadosh Baruch Hu so much, he controlled his Yetzirah, and and uh, and even those things that sort of are very that come so naturally to a person, he had complete control of his midas and didn't do them. Or Abelaza was in in uh, in in my nature, right? He was a person that 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 uh, was attuned to service of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and and therefore he didn't have to battle. To overcome. Rabbi Kiva had a, had, had, had a much more difficult battle to overcome his natural inclinations and not to Averis. For Rabbi Kiva, it came much, much more naturally. Now, it's Rabbi Kiva because he was the son of, of a convert. So he had certain quality facets that came from his parents' genes, and certain negative qualities. And therefore, keeping all the mitzvahs for him was, was a challenge. And it was mamish mysterious, mysterious nefesh. Right? And in, 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 in other words, lahavi al-midaisav means, uh, uh, and as, as sort of opposed to Rabbi Lazar, where everything, all his good deeds emanated from his natural desire to Serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu without having to sort of make any extra extraordinary effort. We will wrap up this discussion after a break. This is Long Run FM. The program is Soul to Soul. Please stay with us. Tshuva. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb only on one hundred one point nine High FM. One hundred one point nine High FM. Back on your radio, Erev. Sukkis, Tov, Shin. Pay Dalit as we get ready to to enter the sukkah to be to sort of uh, uh, completely surround ourselves in the great mitzvah, and we're talking about the sukkah. We're talking about the argument between Rabbi Lozar and Akiva whether the sukkah came because of the clouds of glory that Hashem surrounded us with, or with the physical structures that were built for the Jewish nation. And we've spoken about the, the answer of the, of the Chida, that since the, the, uh, Ananya Kovet only allowed the Tzadikim in, uh, and therefore afforded them protection from even wild animals, because wild animals have no control over, over Tzadikim. And nevertheless, those who were not given access to the holy clouds of glory, such as those who the unknown rejected because they were not Sadiqim, they had to build physical huts, and Hashem invested those also with protective powers. So therefore, Rabbi Akiva, who says that Sukkot commemorates the Sukkot built by those Rishoyim, he represents the Chayzim B'Tshuva, the, the Balei Tshuva, that who need to really work on themselves and overcome their natural tendencies in order to do the mitzvahs. And therefore, Rabbi Akiva claims that the mitzvah of sukkah corresponds to the, to the actual physical sukkahs, corresponding to those people who were Rishayim, who were, who were rejected by the Anani, but they also 
merited the kindness and the compassion from Shamayim, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu did a miracle for them and set them in actual physical structures that they built. However, Rabbi Lazar, he represents the sort of the tzaddikim, and therefore he holds that the sukkah corresponds to the Ananya cover where only the tzaddikim were able to, to, to dwell. Now, therefore, we see there's a tremendous, tremendous benefit, right? The, 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 uh, it says in its halacha, there's a tremendous, uh, benefit in, in giving tzedakah and giving charity on Erev Chag HaSukas. It's brought down in, in the Sefer Priyetz, Priyetz Chaim, in this, in this chapter on Chag HaSukas. It says on the 14th of Tishrei, which is Erev Sukkot, one should as much, one should as much as possible give lots of tzlaka. And that's because now this is the time of, of, uh, of, of, of Rachel. Rachel is called Tzedek. And, and therefore, one should, uh, uh, during that point, distribute charity to the poor people. The Tzadikim also brings down that this is a specially auspicious time to give lots of uh, Atzlaka. In fact, it's brought that Chaim Vital used to give out a whole fund of Tzlaka to poor people on, on Erev Sukkot. The Chida also in, in the Sefer Machzik Bracha brings the words of the Art Tzadikim and adds on that uh, there's, there's a good logic behind this this uh, this this minute. And he goes in front and he says that person not only should give stock, one should actually should give food, prepared food, on, on the Arab circus to people, and even more than that, as much as possible, to invite people to his house over circus, to have guests, to have orchim, particularly orchim that are near and that may not be able to afford the onyantif, and, and feed them and wine and dine them and give them a beautiful, beautiful onyantif. Uh, uh, Based on what we're saying, perhaps we can explain as follows. We know that, again, the Bnei Sachar also in, in, in his Maimar Tishrei brings that the Arba Minim, so they represent the scepter of the king. Because these four Minim, the Lulav, the Eshrik, and the Rav and Hadassim, they, they don't grow, right, uh, uh, under the, the dominion of some heavenly Malach or, or, or official, like every other thing that grows, but they grow specifically under the tutelage and supervision of HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. He supervises their, their, their growth. And and uh, and that's why that this is a proof, he says, that we are Bonim Lamakum, we are Akadish Baruch's children. Because if we were just slaves of Akadish Baruch, Hu, so then we wouldn't be allowed to use the, the, the scepter of the king. Because as a servant, we would not be never would never be allowed to use the scepter of the king. For the fact that Akadish Baruch Hu commanded us to take the Arba Minim Specifically, that proves, this is a absolute proof that in every situation, right, we're not slaves of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're passing like a mayor, we are Baruch children. And to the son of the king, it is completely permissible to use the scepter of, the, of his father. Nisoch writes even, even further that even the Anyanya covet are also a, a symbolic of the the scepter of the king. And if nevertheless, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us permission to come into the sukkah, the holy the holy sukkah, into the mamish, into the midst of the Ananya covered, that proves incontrovertibly that we must be HaKadosh Baruch Hu's children, not anything, not anything else. Therefore, Based on what we're seeing here, there's a a, a very very important uh, uh, Indian to bind together the Ar- Arbaminim on Erev Sukkot in the Sukkah actually, 
And therefore, when a person comes to take the Abaminim, he should specifically take them in the sukkah. It's actually brought in, in, in the, uh, Shara Kavanas also. It's a very, very good thing that as soon as it gets morning, as soon as sunrise comes, right, even before, even before he down with chakras, he should take the lulav, shake the lulav in the sukkah and make and make uh, the the uh, the bracha, and then uh, the whatever the shake and the lulav hollow that can be in the in, in the shul. And it says how good it would be if we actually would daven in the sukkah, so we could fulfill the midst of the tilas lulav and also the nanulim, the shaking at the right time inside inside the the the, the sukkah. So you see the union of taking the arba minim, right? And the, the, the side and the midst of them is connected with the sukkah. And the other, other swarm bring that, uh, bring that also. It's very, very important to shake the lulav in the, uh, in, in the, in, in the, in the sukkah. And therefore we can, we can say that when a person comes, as we just said, to use the king's own scepter, the abominum, Right, which are called the scepter, the king of the scepter. You have to prove that I am in fact deserving of of being able to use the king's scepter, and therefore we go into the sukkah akedasha, which is zechel covered, which we said is like the shavit of the king. Is the king's is the king's scepter, and if I have permission to use the sukkah which is the scepter of the king, that proves that I am the son of the king, and therefore I can also take the lul of an asterisk, which is also the scepter of the king. However, according to Rabbi Akiva, where the sukkah is connected, the physical sukkahs that were built, so therefore the sukkah is not uh, a really uh, a concept of the, the scepter of the king, because the, the, going to him, the sukkah represents even the protection given to the Rishayim. Therefore, our, our, our uh, entrance into the sukkah is not a proof that we are in fact a, a, a bottom. So therefore, if so, how do we have permission to take the Arbaminim, which is also the scepter of the king? So therefore, if we give lots of stalker, on Erev Sukkot, because by, by giving Tzedakah, we prove that we are Bonim Lashem Lekechem, even according to the opinion of Rabbi Kiva, as the Gemara says in, in Mesechus Baba Basra, and this was the, the question that Tunis uh, Rufus Harasha asked Rabbi Akiva, if your God loves the poor people, so why does not Kodesh Baruch look after himself? So he says that to save us from from Gehenim, from purgatory. Um, so the priest said to him, "On the contrary, uh, if you d- uh, uh, disobey the king's orders, you have you should go to Gehenim." And he gives him the 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 marshal. If a human king who got angry on his servants and and threw him into 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 goyal into into jail and commanded that no one should feed him any food, no one should give him any drink, and some very kind hearted person goes and feeds him. And, 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 uh, gives him drink. When the king's gonna find about it, he's gonna be so angry at that person. And you are Akadish Baruch's servants, as it says, Kilibinesha So how can you go against Hashem's wishes and support this person? Rabbi Kiva had a winning answer, but we're gonna hear it after the break. This one won't put on the program is soul to soul. And this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, sold to sold back on your radio, Erev Sukkot Tov Shin Peidal. So Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva was asked by Tunis Rufus of Russia, if you are slaves of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants there to be poor people in the world, why are you disobeying God's will and giving tzedakah? Rabbi Kiva answered, let me give you a parable to what if a king got angry at his son and put him in jail and he commanded not to feed him and not to drink him and some carnal person went and fed him and gave him drinks when the king would find out wouldn't he give this sent man a, a, a gift and we are called sons of our Kodesh Baruch that's bottom at him 
So the Caesar answered, you are called Bonim and you're called slaves. When you do the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then you're called sons. And when you're not doing the will of God, then you're called servants. And uh, uh, when you when you write, you and now you're in, in Galut. You're not doing the will of Avakaris Baruch Hu. So we go. He answered, "No, it's not true." It says, "It says Parois Larov." We had on, on on Yom Kippur. Give the poor person food, and and let's let poor people into your into your into your house. So it says, "When when are you allowed to bring these poor people?" Into your house now, and it says, "Hapalo praise the Rav Lachmanachal." Says, "Give me your, your food." So the the Masha explains that when I will allowed to bring these people home, says nowadays. In other words, he says that although we are in Galut, we're still commanded to do the mitzvah of tzlaka, proving that we are in fact Hashem's children, not His avodim, and Hashem approves of us giving tzlaka. Therefore. It comes out that the the giving of tzedakah on Erev Sukkot proves that we are in fact Hashem's Hashem's children, and therefore that's why even according to Rabbi Akiva, who says that the Sukkah is not zechel ananya covered, because the Sukkah represents the fact that even people who are distant from Hashem were given protection. And therefore, how can we go into the sukkah, which is the shavita shomelach, which is the, the scepter of the king? Someone who's not a son is not allowed to use the scepter of the king. Therefore, we give tzedakah on Erev sukkah. And if we give tzedakah, that proves we are in fact We are always HaKadosh Baruch Hu's children. And even those of those, and even those of us who may not yet be tzaddikim, who have already blotted their copy books since, since Yom Kippur are allowed to go into the sukkah and celebrate and enjoy this beautiful mitzvah of Chag, of Chag Asukas. Just quickly to end off with candle lighting times. Earliest time for lighting candles tonight is at 4.50, 10 minutes to 5. The latest time is just under an hour later at 5.49, 5.49. Remember it is Shabbos. So that is actually the latest Time tomorrow night, second night of the earliest time for lighting candles is after Shabbos is over, which is at six thirty-eight p.m. And of course, from an existing flame, and then the yontif ends on Sunday night at six thirty-nine p.m. Let me just take the opportunity of wishing all of our beautiful radio family a good Shabbos, a good Yontif, may Ataka be a Yontif full of Simcha, full of Chedvah, full of joy, because all God's happiness, and full of the realization that we are sons of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore able to use and hold aloft with great pride the scepter of the King. To each and every one, a good Shabbos and, and a good Yontif.